0: This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, let's go ahead and get started in uh, Not Another Church Podcast. So last week, we, we talked about the importance of spending time in God's Word, the difficulties that one encounters when they try to do it, and our hope today is to kind of work toward. I'm not not saying we're going to get there. I don't, I don't. like having a box put around me. I, I, just, I feel. I feel
1: very. You know. I
0: mean. But we're going to work toward the, the how to do the read the Bible, and uh, I, I want us to get started uh, with the idea of a of a read through the Bible plan, like. We have brought to you by the fine folks <laughs> at North Lincoln. <laughs> Can
1: you do a Vanna demonstration? <laughs>
0: yes,
2: thank
1: you. Um, Music and all.
0: So, um, what is that? Is that <clears throat> do you have you guys in your <clears throat> life found that helpful? Is that
2: is that more guilt inducing? I, I don't know if I would say uh, guilt inducing again. Like if you're if you're not familiar with it, like, like we kind of talked about last week. If this like your first. If all of a sudden, if your new year or some new, like, you know, first coming to Christ experience, if you look at something like that, you're like, okay, that's that's a lot. That's a ton. And so, like, if you, I'd say, like, the earlier you are, maybe even the younger you are, I'm not sure, if you just start, like, you know, you just start the beginners kind of stuff. We talked right like, Point of John or one of the Gospels, and, hey, let's just walk through that. But in terms of, like, a seasoned believer or someone who's had this or, or been, you know, studying through the Bible a while, I'm okay with something like that. I mean, like, it keeps me accountable. I kind of know where I'm going, know where I'm at. Uh, and you know, I don't necessarily think it's too much, because if you know the Bible, you know, I mean, there's. There's a lot there. It's not like it's just. I mean, it's, there's. I it's hear not, there's it's a not, lot in there. It's, yeah. it's not yeah. just going to be. It's a two or three week read. You know, it's going to be. mean right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty dedicated and take some time. And, and so I, I think it's just kind of like it's kind of where you're at. But ultimately, I think the more that you, that you do study and have a a hunger and thirst for it, if you if you harness that that th- that hunger and thirst, you're going to want more and more of it. So I don't think that it's eventually not won't be too you know too scary or anything like that?
1: I don't think so. I mean, the structure always helps. We know that anytime we're given a plan, and this is where you follow it day by day, it makes it easier for us as we're organizing our life. Because if you don't, you kind of end up willy-nilly and not doing something. On the other side of that, with our women's group, our Bible study group, we've talked about the fact that Okay, so we have women who are in a Sunday school class, you know, so they have a set of curriculum and Bible study they're doing there. Then they go into, like, say, large church and go in as a corporate worship service, and then they're doing a, a study through a book like there. Then they have maybe, there, and I could name off three or four women right now, they have a Bible study at their place of employment. Now, it's small, privately owned companies. It's voluntary for anybody who's listening, but they have that Bible study. So then they also have a devotional book that they're trying to keep up with, with something that, you know, my Most Forest Highest or whatever it is. You know, we talked about some of those last week that they're trying to read through there. Then they have a Wednesday night Bible study. And then they may have something else that they're involved in at some point. So for us, what I try to tell the women is that they need to take their time to go through and make deliberate choices about how they're going to study the Bible and take their time and use it. If you get yourself so scattered, I think you end up never really gleaning anything from the Word by you doing too many things. But, you know, something like the read through the Bible is just fantastic to start each day with and kind of get yourself you know, get your mind going towards that. Okay, this day this belongs to God. I belong to God, and here's where I go with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to to say, and I said it every time we've introduced it, but I want to say it again. This, the purpose of this, is to give you some structure, not to create a new law. Mm-hmm. It, and so if you 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 have a kid that's sick and you miss a week, it's okay. And so I actually uh, said, "There's no test," and there really is a test, and it's your life. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah.
0: But the reality is, is we're not trying to add new, a new law. We're not trying to create chains for you. We're trying to give you some structure because of what we talked about last week. That you can, you can survive if you twirl around in a room and just pick food, but that's probably not the smartest way to do it. And I've been surprised at the number of people who have never really in their Christian walk pieced together the story or gotten that, okay, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts are stories about Jesus, and then this movement, Jesus starts, how it continues. And then the rest of the New Testament up to the book of Revelation are letters and so they're different, you read them different, you look at them different, and then the the last book is, uh, you know, I, I don't know what genre to put that in, apocalyptic literature, we don't have anything like it in, in English, in, in American literature, but by having a method to, you can all of a sudden start seeing things, and so we're trying to do that, but we talked last week about, uh, as we talk about the method, that some people have found that uh, listening to to it on the their phone is is helpful. Some people I personally uh, have found in my life that I am not a strong enough human being to use my phone for anything Bible related. I can't use my phone for a prayer list. I can't because if I pick my phone up and get one notification, the next hour is shot.
2: Yeah, I said that when we are not going to introduce like our whatever text we're doing like on Wednesday nights and I've got I, I got our students and I, I was like all right our Bibles if you open up your Bible going to be here. If you got your phone you're going to use your Bible, that's cool. Uh, but you don't scroll that much on the Bible app, so if it's not, then you know don't either use your phone or don't one of the two, right? Because uh, you don't. We're not in Matthew, and you're not scrolling that much. I mean, we're in six verses. It doesn't like that's not you're not doing that much, and there's absolutely no reason you're double tapping it. ain't nobody in there highlighting on your Bible app. That's not a thing. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I can kind of. I think that's a. I think that's not. I wouldn't say that's for ever. That's everybody's consensus, but I think. Uh, I, I think in most of our culture, that's going to be a, a pretty solid consensus. Is I
1: think you would have to be extraordinarily disciplined to do that. Now, I've used it before when I've been out and about somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to not not and look, you look for something. Or it's an asset, but no. if, I,
2: if it's my quiet time, if I'm dedicated or in the in, in in the in Sunday morning service, kind of same thing. If I'm trying to take notes on my phone or whatever. I ca I, I, I don't just I I I won't get One I won't of those little enough.
1: notifications yeah. pop up, a little bubble shows, something sudden, happens I'm, and I'm gone. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you know? I
2: mean I'm three minutes into a read on bleach report on the NFL mock draft and Tom's preaching. It's like what what am I, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like yes. what am I doing?
0: Yes. So it, it I think it's important and you know, Matt and I were talking today that in sermon preparation this is the same thing Ann and I emphasized during marriage counseling this idea that a lot of times someone will find what works for them and then they write a book that implies <laughs> that if you don't do it this way, I mean clearly it, it works work for everybody. It worked, yes. it worked it works for, for me, me. so <laughs> and so what, what you're going to have to do in your life is find what works for you and how that works. And so for for me um having a guide like this I have always found to be super helpful in that um it, it gives me some structure and it allows me to even when I don't feel like being in the Bible, I'm I'm that guy who, you know, on my Apple Watch I've got to close all my rings or i I I, I will I will I'm that guy that at eleven forty five at night will be walking around the block because I gotta close that ring before before midnight. Yeah, and, I don't
1: even know what you're talking about there. And so
0: <laughs> I, I've got an apple watch
2: that uh, you're scared of getting <laughs> no I don't
1: want one. I've told you I don't want
0: one. <laughs> the <clears throat> endorphins that I get from marking through that date or putting a check in the box? <clears throat> okay, so the, the, the joy that I get from marking through the date, that, that gives me the discipline to where there have been lots of times where I'm dozing off and I go, ah, and so I, I have to go put the mark. I've got to put the tick mark in. I, I, I cannot be happy without. And that disciplines me to actually be in the Word. And it never, it's always surprised me. I've never figured out exactly how God was smart enough to do this. No matter what plan I'm doing. <laughs> you know, he's God. So. It,
1: <laughs> it
0: seems like text that I've read a thousand times will slam <clears throat> into my brain. That text speaking to this situation at this moment, it's like, surely, God, you didn't like...
1: <laughs> that living word thing. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: It, 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 it's just amazing to me how it, God feeds us through his word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if this is not helpful, if a deep dive into a particular book of the Bible is something you would prefer, if a, um, I, I had a, a, a believer several years ago that bought me, uh, it was paperback... Uh, read through the Bible in a year, and it was actually printed so that you had January 1st, and it had stuff in it like that. I've done the McShane method, which is you read uh, one Old Testament chapter, a psalm, and a New Testament chapter, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so at the end of every year, you've read through the Old Testament, through the New Testament twice, and through the psalm four times. Is that Robert? Robert. Murray McShane. Murray, McShane. Oh, okay. And so and you can find that on the Bible app. So any method that you do that gets you reading, it's kind of like when we were talking about translations, it doesn't really matter what you do to to help you do that. Just read the book. You've got to be in the book because if you're not feeding on God's word, you're not going to be successful in this Christian walk at all. So, let's now that we we've kind of established the structure and we've established that you've got to find the way that does it that's best for you, whether that's uh, Streetlight Bibles, whether that's listening to uh, the, uh, the, the guy in the monotone. Uh, there's some great, um, the Living Word series, which is dramatized. That's a, that's a good, some people really like that. I, I get really distracted by the waves and the, the, the crashing sounds and the dramatization that's stuff. The sound
1: effects in it. Yeah, the sound yeah. effects
0: and stuff, and then the voices changing Um, I I have a hard time with that. That's distracting me. But you find what works for you and then do it. Whatever you got to do so that you're in the word, do it. Now I want us to talk about once you're reading. So I've I've got my plan down. I sit down. I read Matthew chapter 5. What do we, how how do we apply this to our life? And how do we take the next step from I'm just reading a book to (coughs) I'm going to now take this and and actually try to go a little bit deeper. And so we've given you in the back of the guide <laughs> a handy-dandy um, guide to help you with this. And, and just like what we talked about, there are a thousand different methodologies where people have essentially taken this and they come up with acronyms or they come up with um, different acrostics, and there's all kinds of things that people try to do to help you l- learn this, the who, what, where, how, and why. And there's SCAPA, scapa, and there's all, all of these things. And, and so what we've tried to do is take that and w- just distill it to the simplest thing. And so step one is to ask of the text, what does it say about God? That helps us not read we're, our natural tendency is to read anything from a viewpoint of, well, this is about me. A great example about, of that is uh, how many hundreds of sermons have we heard about David and Goliath where I'm David?
1: Yeah, I knew that's where you're going because I remember the first time when somebody um, taught or spoke about David and he, and I'm not David. That was shocking. That was just—I I, I mean, I can still. There's very few sermons that'll hold on to you for your whole life, you huh. know. As but kid, I remember that one being like, "As a kid, like, what? you hear that, and you're like,
2: like, man, crap! I want to be the want to be the tall guy. Like, why? No. Why do you gotta be the little one? I always knew you know? I was the short one. Man. But <laughs> as a kid, I want to be the like Goliath. Just it seemed like he had it going on for him, and it's like, man, he.
1: He's an amazing mm. warrior. Wow. Yeah, well, he's a super yes. tall
2: guy, but he's got to
0: have somebody who leads him out. So mm. serious, clearly, there's some physical.
2: Well, at eight, issues. I just at eight, I was just cool with being eleven foot tall. Like I was just that was pretty. That was gonna be pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> and I will say, when Don out for a long time and the gathering area here at the church had this poster of mm-hmm. Goliath, and so uh, every time I went while that was up, I would go past it and be like, dude, that guy was big. He's a big big dude. Huge. a big was huge. dude. <laughs> So, I mean, how many sermons have we heard, or how many times have we read any text of the Bible and gone, "Yeah, I would, I'd be, it so be Paul, man, I'd be <laughs> traveling around the world, and I would, I would be walking through Athens, going,
1: I'd shake off that serpent and, right. and that shipwreck, and it'd be nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Speak for yourself. Again,
2: I'll say it again. I'm not picking up any stinking snakes. Don't I'm not do doing it. <laughs>
0: Um, and, and so you, you know, I'm, I'm preparing for tomorrow night to teach on Jonah, and I, I don't want to be Jonah
2: because he was a l- little bit of a jerk. See, I'm much more like uh Peter, but not like New Testament build the church on you, Peter. I'm much more of Peter does not have enough feet to stick in his mouth, Peter. That's <laughs> yes. that's that's more, that's more of the realm that I'm <laughs> that somehow I'm gonna... or another.
1: I have combined all of those with Jonah in my mind, like I'm running the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God says children's ministry, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> as I you know, right. as I back up the other way. God says go do this or go teach this. And, yeah, oh. So
0: the very yeah. fact that the ter- conversation has turned in this direction proves my point. <laughs> we like to look through the lens of this is me. You
1: can see it. Yes. And
0: and so asking the question what does this say about God recenters ourselves on the fact that this book is written to make the most out of him yeah. not me. Yeah. And, and even pre- the the preacher's task in application It's easy to overshoot that mark and say, well, this is all about you. This is God's love letter to you. God had you in mind when he wrote this. And asking the question, what does this text say about God, is recentering us on the fact that the whole of human history is meant to glorify him Yes. We're bit players in his place.
2: Yeah, I asked, I, we talked about this this morning in, in, in Tom and I's conversation. I'm teaching through Genesis with the students. And, like, we last week we talked about Adam and Eve. And one of the kids came up to me afterwards. And was like, you know what, Matt? Like, Adam and Eve made a dumb decision. I was like, yeah, they, yeah, they did. They did. They're like, <laughs> yeah. And, they, you know, God was, like, for them and like created this perfect place for him, And I was like, yeah, he did. He did, man. You, I was like, man, this kid's listening. And they're like, but if Adam and Eve were just going to screw up, why would God do all that in the get-go? And I was like, crap. I thought, <laughs> I, was like, I thought that I'd like had it. I was like, man, and he's I got it. That.
1: Like, yeah.
2: man. And so told the today and it's like essentially that it's like uh, the story wasn't, it, it was never going to be about Adam and Eve and setting them up for success or anything like that. It was always going to be about God. them messing up in the end was going to create this whole division that God was going to absolutely fix via Jesus. And all of it goes back to show how awesome and holy and set apart God is not about either, not even about how bad I am or even about how good I could ever be. It all goes back to even though I'm so awful and wretched, God is good. And even in my best days, God is good and still right. so much better. And that setting that tone was a much easier answer. And again, I, I could understand that better more than some crazy out there theological, you know, whatever. Uh, and I think a student could too, but when they ask, "Why did, why God even do the, <laughs> fool with that? Why did God fool with us in the in the get go?" And I'm like, "You know what? I I think that sometimes, you know, what, God, like, why? I mean, I don't, I don't get it." But well,
1: you look at your own heart. And you yeah, think, yeah for Why? Sure. You know, why would you? How'd you mess with me? But even look,
2: you got to address that from the get go, or it's it's gonna it's gonna kind of muddy up how you're viewing everything. And if you and I think especially it's important something like that, some of those parameters to set yourself around and questions to ask yourself as you go through is good because again, even sometimes new believers, seasoned believers, me left alone with the text, will make will will make things up like that because that's my natural tendency is to make it about me or. As we've talked about with other with other guys who write stuff, we'll just pull some stuff out of left field. I don't sure. really know why. I don't get really <laughs> point reasons too. No we'll just reason. say some weird stuff, man. Uh, but having the, having those questions and those check marks or parameters or boxes or whatever put around us to keep us in check with how the Bible is written and why and the whats and things like that are always really helpful to me because like I said I'll have like foot and mouth disease like I don't I keep I just keep saying the wrong things when these things kind of help me and guide me and start shaping my mind because ultimately on you're still a think of, yeah, yeah how to think about yeah. it and how to read it and how to digest it and stuff like that and so I, I think those things are very uh, and like you said, they come in all kinds of different ways. I mean, like for me, I will ask those questions and then actually journal through them because sure. I'm I'm one that's like I'm I need like a combination of like visual, hearing, writing, all that's just how I take notes and how I have always done like in school and all of those things. Uh, and so I like I'll have my notebooks full of. On this day, I, we read this, I talked about this, and I have my questions that I answer. And, 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 you know, I go through, the one that I've always worked with is uh, it's Robbie, it's Robbie Galady. He's at, a, at Long Hollow Church in, um, in Tennessee, and he has Replicate Ministries, and he has he, what he calls the hear method. Or that's, and it's the same thing. His H is, a verse in that passage, what's one that stood, stood out to you? And you H, highlight that. and then ex, And then E, explain the context, explain what's going on, explain what this is saying about God in this text. A, what's the application of that? What is what is this saying to you? And then the R is, what's your response? How did your life change that, you, that, that you've that you read this? And so, like, I journal through those questions and write that out. And so, if I need a text, when I go back to that, uh, if I need in that response, like, I really have that. That's my time. I'm like, you know what, God? Like, what is this saying? Kind of what you said. Like, how it's crazy how those things work out to those situations. And so, uh, but for me, like journaling through that always helps me because I repetition I get to,
1: in some form, and I
2: get I get to again process that and then see what I said and how that's processed. Just again, how my brain works, it's always works really well for me. And and I and I think you know for I, mean, I think that that's kind of things can work for a lot of people. I'll,
1: I'll reread something over and over and over again. Like if I'm preparing a lesson for it, just the rereading of it and listening to it, I can yeah. be washing dishes and I'll put on the boring monotone guy from the Bible app. You know, I mean, and listen to him read it and he then. Is-
0: Board. And the board moves.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes he's good, y'all. I, I like him. But uh, it depends on what I'm doing, too. Yeah. But well, depending on what it is, but to have it read to me, all of a sudden I can have, uh, our, you know, when I'm listening to it. Alexander
0: Scoresby. Very good. Is Very name. good. <laughs> it just crashed into my head.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I can read through it three or four times. And to hear somebody else read it to me then, after I've already read through it, I go, <gasps> And you'll kind of catch a different emphasis or the way that God was using it. It's kind of the light bulb moment that you were talking about where God, you know, brings scripture to life. But that's one of the ways for me. It's not necessarily, I don't write as much. I'll I'll make little notes, you know, because it's usually points that I want to hit as I'm Mm -hmm. teaching or something. I go back and take half of them out
2: but See, I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm, I mean, he's picked up me for i'm manuscript when i teach. i know so I, love, I know i was telling somebody the I other love, day i said matt I love, teaches from a manuscript." i love writing i love writing well, i love oh i like I writing mean, obviously but... the, the
0: act of writing it down clearly it's, lots cle- things it's in clearly a
2: thing okay i mean that's <laughs> kind of how it was done just say it <laughs> where, where everybody makes fun of how i teach
0: it's kind of how it was done okay so let me tell you a little story to give, give you some idea i was teaching a group of people um this very methodology, and um, going into to some deep detail in how how to the method is called arcing, where you look at the whole arc of the book and what is the purpose of the book, and and so I'm teaching this method, and and I, one of the ladies that was in the class called me and said uh, I, I was up all night last night trying to arc, and I, I just I'm not I think I'm not understanding it. I, you know I'm redneck from North Carolina. I can't, can I meet with you and us go over this a little bit? And so I'm like, sure, absolutely. So she comes by my office, uh, and so Ann and I are sitting there with her, and she she just talking about how she's struggling with the idea, uh, with trying to take this whole book in one big chunk. And so I'm like, well, what, what book are you working on? And she goes, Daniel. <laughs> and I'm like, Ann, there's your problem.
1: <laughs> it could be up the rest of your life, so, sister, and you're not gonna love, get that one. <laughs> I felt
2: that was like that was like you taught arcing on Sunday night and then man Monday she's just like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, what made you think you know what we should go? Daniel. I got a new I got this new method, I got this new thing, you know where I'm going? Daniel.
1: Apocalyptic
0: literature. <laughs> well, the well and actually, the she she was in her Bible study uh, in a read through the Bible right. thing. She's in Daniel, so she's like, okay, I'll I'll apply this. And so she starts out with the Ark, and you know the first part of Daniel's narrative, the first eight mm-hmm. chapters of Daniel is is story, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it gets into the the ancient of days and and the fortieth week and the seventh week, and she's sitting here about a third <laughs> of the way through her Ark going.
1: I don't know what he's trying to say. So did she have a j- great big uh, giant whiteboard? To, well, it was a homeschool know. family, so yes. Oh, yes. no. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she yes, did. ride <laughs> right
1: beside the dining room her, table. Yeah, her, her, her,
2: her, whole, her whole kitchen wall was a, was a whiteboard. Yes,
0: it was. So No, it was old-school black chalk. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. So so it's important for us to talk a little bit about genre. So there are different genres in the Bible. We said last week that the Bible is not a book. It's 66 different books. And so I want us to break a little bit here and talk about we understand how genre works in English. So if I'm reading a poem and it says my i the, my wife's eyes are like diamonds with a little bit of context i can figure out that they're trying to say that it's they're sparkly they're not saying that her eyes are hard and can cut glass they're not saying saying that i can can put mount her eyes to a ring we we know how to read poetry yeah. mm-hmm. and yet people do read in the book of psalms where it, the bible says that the earth is god's footstool and because well thought they they're trying to be literal they had this image that god is like reclined across jupiter big throne. Well, god's in a lazy big boy big in the god. earth he just no i'm thinking one of those
1: throne chairs off the stage god's in a big throne chair you know got he's, his feet he's up. kicked back and his
0: feet are up on the earth earth, yeah. earth is god's ottoman like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... okay so a, a lot of times non-believers will say uh you just pick and choose what you believe mm-hmm. because they assume that we that it 's one book, and we don't we don 't do <clears throat> we understand that i don 't read the phone book the same way that I read a novel yeah that that if i 'm trying to find um Matt abernathy in the phone book i 'm not going to start at the very beginning and go a a a triple bondsman <laughs> a a uh, Pest control and, yes. and then until I get to Abernathy now i don't do it that way. I use it as as a reference well that's why you do, you, you don 't have to read the baggos you you they're they're there for a reason and and God gave them to us as a reference, so we can see that God. Did exactly what he said he would do when God said to Abraham, From your seed, he then lays it out. These are the guys that led to, to it, so it 's there for a reason we don 't we 're not suggesting the need to be cut off, but we're saying read it like it 's d- defined
2: to read well I think some people that 's why a lot of people may tap out really early if you're if you 're starting a new reading plant or if you're just someone in, in, who's not a believer who's starting to question these kind of things and I think that's why a lot of people tap out is because you'll open it up to maybe a psalms or maybe or maybe I don't know wherever, Leviticus. Le, you where ever you open Leviticus. it up to if it's not like a typical gospel or a letter letter or whatever and if you don't know the genre like you said you're going to get all kinds of whacked out and confused and And stuff all over like the that. Internet,
1: you see all of these protests about you're not supposed to eat shrimp, but at the same time you right. stone your children. Yeah, those, and there's, there's never this idea that, number one, there's different genre, genres, and there's never the idea that we live our generation. We are 21st century American Christians trying to read how many centuries ago – and read our culture into theirs,
0: right? And and you have a, a six thousand year old text that is literally the penal code for a nation that we're not a part of. No,
2: no. And so knowing that, knowing those kind of things in the genre and the context things. Uh, but if I open up to Le- Leviticus or somewhere like that, I'm like, man, what in the absolute? Yeah, I, stink I'm, I'm reading along, and it says that it, it, if
0: a cow gores your neighbor. Yes. then here's the punishment. Yes. And then if the cow got out all the time before and you just ignored it, here's the punishment. And, and and I'm reading that and going, how in the world is this supposed to affect me when I go to work? And so recognize that you've got different genres. They're given to us for different reasons. All of God's word is is has a purpose. It's effective. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. But if I am... In my day-to-day Christian walk, I don't really struggle that much with the sin of not eating a kid boiled in its mother's goat. i mean, in its mother's milk, oh, and so yeah. the rules. I've done that one in a minute. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what that's a that is a temptation that I have overcome. <laughs> yeah. And so as I read the chapter and a half that deals with that, or the chapter of how to deal with my next door neighbor who has leprosy. I can get bogged down in that. Or I, even getting to, okay, so let's just kind of walk through the different genres. You have, uh, if we if we look at the, the New Testament, we start out with narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and as I've said in this church on Sunday morning, it's super important for you mm-hmm. to recognize that there's a difference between narrative and biography. I would say 80% of the History Channel, the Learning Channel's Every Easter and every Christmas, there are specials that are like, even the Bible can't agree with what story is happening with the birth of Jesus. And, and then they, they explain what it is. Okay, the, the only difference is, is you're getting the same story from four different viewpoints. And so they're not a biography. They're not trying to line each other up. What yeah. they're trying to do is tell a story. And we do that all the time. An example that, that, that I, I've used with people before... Is if I were to if I went to Pruitt's on a Tuesday with David Holmes, Harley Gold with four different men, and then I was I'm talking to my dad and I said, Oh, Dad, I went to to um, breakfast. He's my dad's running next so breakfast, dinner, and supper. Mm-hmm. So I went to dinner the other day with dude, and he told me X, Y, Z. And then I'm talking to somebody else, and I say, Hey, four of the o- old men and I went to lunch, and we were uh, doing X, XYZ. I, I just told the same story from two different angles. Neither of them are untruth. Dad, because of the purpose of my story, dad didn't need to know who all the other participants were, so I didn't mention them. Yeah. So it's not uncommon in Luke to say, there were three people who were doing this and this is happening. And then in Matthew telling the same story, he only talks about one of those people. Well, that's yeah. not deception. That's not two different Versions.
1: That's just the point I'm trying to make. Only needs one character, or encompasses all of them. You know,
2: well, and then, we of, do that all the time when we're telling we do, stories. And one right. of the cool things about that is, which is, this plays into, is the importance of like, which is not even this podcast, but the importance of, the, of discipleship to have a seasoned believer. Because as a, as a young believer, like someone who again who's just jumping into that, that's kind of without knowing that taking taking that logic and that teaching out of of what of what the reading. You're like, man, this is this is a bunch of crap. Like they can not I mean, like you said, they can't get this stuff together. I mean, you know, and this is supposed if to be a If they the don't agree, how am I
1: supposed to believe exactly. that? Because The resurrection
0: yeah. story from one guy's got like four angels and one standing over yeah. here and one's on and top. And that, the-
2: that goes back <laughs> to a, you know, finding a, a church and well, that, that's going to have sound teaching and stuff like that from the pulpit, right. but also the importance of one-on-one or small group discipleship to kind of walk you through, hey, this well, it is kind of What gives kinda, you that
1: place where they can ask the questions. Yeah, this yeah. is kind
2: of the whole thing that this is kind of the whole thing that's going on here, not um, because we're blessed because of the book that we have those different things. Sure. Uh, and, and and so to kind of, because in, in some things that you hear in Luke's gospel, you don't get in Matthew, and so you learn more about the whole story from Luke's gospel than I just did from Matthew, or vice versa, that from what Matthew said, I got more from that in terms of I could just get a few more details here and there. Or you hit and the I,
1: ground running with Mark because you're going to fly straight. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so
2: that the beauty of all of those things coming together to tell... This narrative and to tell this story, man, it, it just—that is the beauty of it. That while some people find that confusing <laughs> and use that as—as as, an excuse, yeah, as an excuse or—it or, or <laughs> like, really boils down or to almost excuse. like almost like artillery for 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 the enemy. Like, if it's confusing and it do, it's not cohesive and things like that, but
1: you always know those people because they don't allow an answer. Right. When you try to answer it, they're going to argue back. See, it all—you all have an excuse. No. There's just an answer. There's an answer. You ask a question or you made a point, I'm rebutting or responding to it, you know. And one
0: of the real common ones is that in some of the Gospels at the resurrection, it says that there are angels, and Mm -hmm. then in Luke, for example, he says that there are men in bright apparel, they are white apparel. Well, in that, you just need to know who the audience is because... Matthew is written to a Jewish audience that knows what an angel is because of their culture and their input. Luke is writing to Theophanes, who's a Greek guy, who the word angel literally means messenger. So he just says to the best description as he can, it's like, there's this dude there whose clothes are so bright you can't even look at him. He's clearly describing an angel, but he's describing it in terminology that the audience could understand. Just like with my dad, I would call it a uh, dinner, because my dad, being a redneck, says breakfast, dinner, and supper.
1: As did mine.
0: Whereas someone else might get it as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm not contradictory. I'm just recognizing who my audience is. Yeah. And so one guy might say this happened on the third watch, and the next guy say this happened at, you know, at this time because he's using things that they understand to say, late afternoon, because Mm -hmm. they all say that differently culturally. So the first part of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts are stories. Again, don't think of those as as biographies as much as a guy standing around telling a story. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mark, you were laughing about how fast Mark moves. I can almost guarantee you that Peter dictated the book of Mark to Mark in one sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see that. You kind feel that. that, don't you? You can feel him going, oh, and then, and then, and then, and right after that. Jesus is walking along, and this lady comes up, and oh my gosh! And then right after that, and oh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and Peter is telling the story about the way dude Holmes would tell the yeah. story, and and I could just you can feel that there's whereas, accents,
2: to okay. everything. <laughs> you know there was. You know that there was.
1: So like I, I remember first hearing you know how quick Mark was in a, as an adult, and hearing somebody compared it. Now you'd have to be our age, you, you can. Just ask any questions you need to, Matt. But there was a newspaper called USA Today. <laughs> you know, and in they that they actually printed it out. They printed it on paper, and they they sold these things. It was crazy, I know. And uh, but they, I mean, you know, that USA Today, you'd have little just blurbs of right. everything. Contrast that with the Wall Street Journal, right? And you picked that bad boy up, and you know, you heft it up. It was a lot of paper, Matt, and it was a lot of detail without the Gadsden and Times graphs. cost
0: <laughs> ten cents. USA Today cost 50 cents, Mm -hmm. and the Wall Street Journal was (laughs) a (laughs) dollar that that people paid to hold this podcast, uh, this uh, blog post, in their hand.
1: And it was a great affectation for plays and movies, because somebody could lower the paper. You know, nowadays, (laughs) you just kind of look away from your phone, you
0: know. so we've got narratives and then <clears throat> then you have epistles which are that's a, just a fancy way to say letters mm-hmm. and so they all of the le- the epistles those letters are occasional letters and what that means is not that they were written from time to time but that there was a specific occasion that they were written for none of them are just Somebody's writing... writing, Paul's getting on
1: to somebody for something, right? Right. So
0: (laughs) something has happened. The church in Galatia has decided that they're going to go down this path of believing something. Paul sits down and pens him a letter and says, What the absolute heck, dude? And so that's the letters to deal with that. Or the book of Philippians, which is because these two ladies could not get along with each other. And he's like... Can y'all please join with me to help these two ladies get along? They're they're both Christians, no matter what they're saying about each other. They're both <laughs> believers. They've yeah. served
1: with me. Man, isn't that a go-to though? <laughs> yes. a conflict please is they're not saying. Please help them
0: get al- help them get along. First Corinthians, Paul is saying, "Hey, I don't know what you guys think you're doing, but get your act together." And then Second Corinthians is Paul going, All right, "Maybe I went a little hard on, but that. I love you. <laughs> I really love God you guys." Loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried that I sent Timothy ahead. I got your and response. And then
1: he went to meet him, didn't he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so each letter has a purpose. You even get you get through the Pauline letters, the the um, Romans, First, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First, Thessalonians, First, Second Timothy, Titus, <gasps> Philemon. <laughs> which, by the way, if you ever get bored, Philemon's a little short book of the Bible that has that drips of sarcasm like no book of the Bible there is. It, there to give you a little background so
1: it is a valid form of communication oh, gosh. is what you're telling me so <laughs>
0: Philemon is as a slave that, or, or there's a slave that Philemon owned that runs away just happens to run into Paul in Rome and Paul leads him to the Lord Paul had led Philemon to the Lord so he's writing Philemon this letter saying hey I got your slave in fact I'm sending this letter with him and I want you to release him but you you can do what you want to do and but anything that he owes you, I'll pay it back. Remember, you owe me your life. I'm just bringing that up. <laughs> but whatever whatever you feel like he owes you, you just go ahead and charge me, and I'll pay you for it. But remember that I've gone to prison for Jesus. Just throwing that out there. Hey, in fact, uh, so, yeah, you owe me your life. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I have
1: played a role in your eternal salvation, but hey. <laughs> so...
0: You have this letter, and then after that, you've got 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude are all letters by those people to various sundry churches um, about different issues. And so, they're, they're specific occasions. And then you get to the book of Revelation, which we kind of joked about. That's a genre that we don't really have anything like in English. Uh, um, apocalypse means unveiling or pulling back the curtain on something or... Uh, you know, ta-da! It's here, and so Reve- the revelation is apocalyptic literature. It's an unveiling of stuff that wasn't known before. Uh, we have a real hard time with that because we don't have anything to compare it to. We all we all get letters. We know how to read letters. We've all stood around, you know, the campfire while people told stories. Yeah. Uh, in the Old Testament, you've got chronicles, which are historical documents. You've got you've got more narrative. You've you've got. We were
1: forced to read poetry wall. and we memorize poetry. it in school. Yes.
0: Uh, we don't have know what to do with apocalyptic. It's hard. but So each one of those genres has to be read a little bit differently. And I think that a lot of the confusion comes from the fact that we, try, try to do, we don't try to read it in its simplest terms. Just read it. And if you're reading Matthew, read it, not looking for some kind of secret, hidden meaning, not looking for something um, that's never been seen before. You're just reading it like somebody's telling a story. And let that story come alive in your mind, just like if you're reading Tolkien or Lewis or, or it, um, I can't think of who wrote, uh, oh, the, 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 the witches and the Harry Potter, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling, J. K. Rowling. Yeah. there you go. <laughs> yes, sir, I'm showing my age here. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, you got me by a lot of years, top, <laughs> <The>
0: witches. <laughs> Warlocks. no Doofin' and Doofin' Doof and All right, so. <laughs> Dumbledore? Yeah, I in, in, in Doof and the guy who's the bad guy? <laughs> no, that's not that. Doofin' and Evil Incorporated. Yes. I've seen the TV show. That's, that's not it. <laughs> I'm sure that's the way that go? That's not it. He makes an innator. That tries to kill Harry, right? You're all over the place. I think you
1: probably just need to keep going now. All right, so
0: we got genre down. So I'm reading Matthew, I read this text, and then I ask the question what does it say about God? I want to know how this particular part of the story is bringing glory to the Father, the Son, how the Holy Spirit is being magnified in this. And so that's my first question. My second question is, is what does this say about man and mankind? And we will pick up with that next week as we work our way through this. Y'all have any closing comments as we've talked about genre?
1: Probably need to go check out Harry Potter sometimes.
2: (laughs) Let me tell you. If the Revelation one got some ticks or whatever, the fact that you brought in Harry Potter to talk about this is really going to make some, some, of, the, of, we're some of, our, yeah. of our Pentecostal brothers and sisters really, really upset. Yeah,
1: we're only joking. We are only joking. Yes.
2: This has been
0: not another church <laughs> podcast. I look forward to... to um, the comments.
2: <laughs> I do look forward to the comments. forward <laughs> all of your issues to Brian at Northland.
0: <laughs> Go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening, and go serve your team.